Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Ilana Meta, community builder, leadership, and embodiment coach, and the founder of Meta Method shared a story of a time when she did not follow her yes and ended up veering off her path for creating her business, The Wild Vessel. Well, Ilana, that amazing, amazing interview. Thank you so, so very much for everything you share with us. And I, I want to ask you a favor. If you would help us to to tap into one of the topics that's really important to me, which is following our yes, and help us illustrate the importance and the payoff of doing that. And, and where I'd like to start is, I'd like to ask you to share a brief story with us of a time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe in that moment, you didn't even realize you had one, but then you look back and you're like, yeah, crystal clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do and I still didn't do it. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that time. That time was when I, you know, let's go to the most recent and relevant for me, um, was around Wild Vessel and Wild Vessel came through as a vision through an orgasm that I had in February of 2017. And nine months later, we produced our first event. So it literally was the (laughs) first thing cycle. And for everyone else, it was a passion project. 
And at the same time, I feel like the mix of the orgasm, the mix of the vision and what it was and what it produced and the healing and permission that these self-expressed gender relationship dynamic events were providing for people. So many uh, people that wanted to support had their own ideas and agendas of how they wanted to see this go. And because I was in a place of Honestly, it, it turned into desperation of I needed help. I couldn't hold the emotional bandwidth of these 300 people that were at the event on top of the the teachers and the professionals that I was training on a weekly basis for a month and a half leading up to the event on top of the team, on top of the business side of things, on top of the being the investor, the one that was financially holding all of it. I needed so much support and I was watching myself get lazy on allowing people's ideas to guide mm -hmm. how the vision was going to unfold, both on a financial standpoint of like, this is the business plan because it's going to generate X amount of money. And I let that, I let money start taking the driver's seat because I was just like, we need some, <laughs> I can't hold this anymore. And I was watching the, the vision almost just fade. Like I felt my life force at the beginning with it. And then I felt like the life force was just dead, like it wasn't there. And I started to say yes to certain ideas and things that people were providing and offering to support. Yet, from an outside standpoint, it looked like they were supporting, but from an internal place of where I truly knew that the vision wanted to go, it was a complete disservice to it. And it, I, I let my truth and my yes take the back seat and my intuitive no, I let that um, really take charge. And I watched what happened and it all fell apart. And I also say that in the most beautiful way because I know it all gets to live uh, and trust in that life and death cycle of all this stuff. It's not completely destroyed like it can't happen again. But what gets to happen because I said no and I... Uh, I didn't trust myself fully. I now have that, like you said, with the Thomas Edison thing. It's I know now how to know when I'm saying no and know when I get to say yes to myself. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Well, let's 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 turn this around. We've got a such a beautiful example of, you know, the, the kind of price of not paying attention and it can still turn out, but it there was a cost up front. But. Let's look at the yes side. Let's say you, you had a time in your life where you had a clear yes, and this time you did follow it. Tell us about that. What happened? What what was going on? And, and what oh, did, yeah, what did you let's do? do that one. How did I get in this cabin? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and even, you know, from that place of, you know, keep let's keep it 2018 relevant, where this was happening, where I was watching myself say no, or not trusting my no and letting other people take the forefront of their ideas. This was happening, you know, at the whole beginning of 2018 up until I'd say April to May. And it's where I cut the cord to everything in my life. I ended my relationship. I moved out of my apartment. I moved out of LA. I stopped both my businesses, both Wild Vessel and Meta Method. And I started to say, who am I in my full self-expressed yes? And I completely let myself go on the journey of a lifetime this summer, thinking I went to Europe only for a week. I ended up staying for two months. And on the other side of that, coming back, I was in a deep meditation back in LA, my first week in LA. 
And I had a vision and I saw that I cut the cords to everything in my life for me to step into a cabin that I had been dreaming about for years, but always saw this cabin as, eh, I can do that after I go on this explosive journey of penetrating all this stuff that I have to give into the world. And then I can go introverted into my cave, into this cocoon. Uh, and what I saw is, no, that gets to happen right now. And just feeling on such a deep level that yes, and I started crying because I could feel that I actually get to claim it, not just with this idea, but I get to physically go after it. And I watched this yes, this fuck yes, t like take me. A week later, I'm talking to someone and they tell me, I think I have your cabin and it's in Boulder, Colorado. I then go to Boulder, Colorado to check out this cabin and it's perfect. And we lock it in again that week. It took less than 10 days from the origin of the vision to get the result when I lived into my full yes. And I did. I had no idea how I'd pay for it. I had no idea. I only thought I'd be here for a month. Turns out I'm here for five months. It turns out I'm writing a book, right? I literally let the yes drive all of my intentions and motives with no idea of how it would come to be, but just leaning into that yes and letting the miracle and magic of life form itself. I love that example. And one of the things I love is it was actually in both of your, your shares here. You were saying about, you know, you went to Europe thinking you'd be there a week or so and you were there for a month. You came to Boulder for a month and you ended up here for five months. Yeah. And a lot of people perceive that as, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be a month, I was wrong. No, it was your yes in that moment. But then when you stepped into that yes, more was revealed. Mm -hmm. And it went, oh no, you thought it was a month. This is actually the first, the first part was a month. Yeah. The next part's four more months. And who knows what the next part is after that. But if we don't step into the first yes, the rest doesn't get revealed. Mm-hmm. And that was such a great example of how that showed up in, in a way that most of us, you know, measure things. Oh, it took longer than I thought. It must not have been done well. Yeah. When actually it was perfect. You were in alignment. That's why it opened up to you. Mm -hmm. Fully. It's about having that discernment and the surrender and being able to really trust life to unfold in front of us. And oh, my goodness, the amount of times that I've tried to control how things should look, should feel, should reveal themselves out into the world, and how much pain and suffering I've gone through because of that. And um, when I realize that I'm in, not in control of anything, the freedom and excitement that I actually have to, to contribute something into it. And what I'll say, or like another example of that is I'm always breathing, right? But then I can also do a meditation where I'm focusing on my breath. Now, am I focused on my breath and is that why I'm breathing or is my breathing just naturally happening? It's almost like a mix of a voluntary and involuntary mm -hmm. action. So realizing that it's almost like I'm not really in control, but I'm also in control of where my attention is. So how am I, when I'm focusing on my attention, how is my attention there? Is it my attention of realizing that I did it wrong or is my attention realizing that the process is happening so what I'm going to bring attention to is the positivity, is to the love, is to the awareness, is generating pos like reinforcements into that space that is already existing with or without me. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And by the way, it was funny, this, this came through my mind as, as uh, 
you were talking, you said about it being a fuck yes. That's my measuring stick for guests for the show. Mm-hmm. The fuck yes, yeah. Yeah, if they're not a fuck yes, forget it. They're, exactly. Like, there isn't a maybe, there isn't a kind of, sort of, there isn't a, oh, they have a big following. That doesn't matter. They have mm-hmm. to resonate on that level or I don't invite them. And I'm so glad that you met the criteria because this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing everything. Thank you. Such a pleasure. What fun questions. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Marcy Newman, a professional energy healer, integrative intuitive counselor, spiritual minister, published author, and public speaker, shared a story of a time when she did follow her yes, and it led her to moving across the country closer to her son. Thank you again for an absolutely incredible, incredible interview. So much incredible information there. And I, I, I'm going to ask you for even more. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, What's a time in your life when you didn't follow your yes? You didn't follow that internal guidance. Maybe in that moment, you didn't even realize you had internal guidance. But then you look back on it and you're like, wow, that was really clear and I didn't pay any attention to it. Tell us about that time. Oh, my God, Ken. So what I thought I was going to share with you is not what's coming forward. <laughs> so um, I'm going to share something actually even, even more intimate. Okay. Awesome. So um, in my interview, I happened to mention that after I left my marriage and the life that I'd been living, that the universe just laid itself at my feet. And I started to have all of these incredible, incredible like downloads of creative things. And I actually created a whole series of physical hands-on products to teach people um, the laws of attraction, okay? And they were fantastic. What happened in my own um, business was the moment that they hit the market, and by the way, um, I had never had any business experience, certainly no manufacturing experience, no product development experience, nothing that prepared me for this. But spirit kept showing me these images and I knew I needed to bring them to life. And then they started to give me detail by detail by detail. So it was just me sort of keeping up with it. And from the time that I began rented an office, got an assistant who could teach me how to send an email, okay, (laughs) to getting these products on the shelves. It was done in six months. Mm. There was, it was like time itself just exploded. Within eight months, I won three international awards for my, for some of my products there was this whole series. So I have, you know, a vision board kit. I had uh, what was called uh, Create Your Mate. It came in a Chinese takeout container, and it was all about utilizing the laws of attraction to create that perfect relationship. Um, it, I had a whole series from health and wellness to prosperity and abundance to romance, you name it. I had a whole series of products. And everywhere that I went, every venue that I had them in, every conference that I attended, they caused so much commotion. And 
I started to have this idea that I wanted to create um, kind of like a multi-networking um, organization utilizing these products. And we know the universe gives us opportunities all the time. But we have to be able to see them as opportunities, right? In other words, part of our job is to clear space for these opportunities to land. And I was at a meeting once and I met Kevin Harrington from, um, at the moment, at the time he was on, um, oh, I can't think of the show that he was on, but it, clearly it was like an HSN, right? And it was distributing products all over the world. And mm -hmm. he wanted to use my vision board um, for a particular market, but he didn't want my other products. And my vision board kit was really remarkable. And um, I allowed them to pursue the idea and we had some talks back and forth. And then there was a change in his administration and things became challenging. And I walked away from the deal. I walked away from it because in my mind, those products all needed to stay together mm -hmm. and to be part of this packaging. What I lost sight of was how much good and, and how many dreams would have come true for people who had had the opportunity to use those kits. And so my very narrow sort of tunnel visioned view, I realized really prevented others from bringing their dreams to life. That was a huge lesson for me oh. because what I realized is that when you're in service, as I am, and I know that those products are, that we must remember to let spirit be in charge. So this human sort of ego-driven aspect of me um, produced a very small field when in fact spirit had a much greater panoramic view than I did. And that was something that I don't typically share, but that is such an incredible learning lesson. Spirit always has a bigger picture. Yes. We can only see this tiny little bit that is produced from our limited experiences. So my limited experience kept that field small when in fact that field was wanting to explode and expand. I've since then 
worked to recognize my resistance when it comes forward and to do everything in my power to make myself available, which is, of course, what I'm doing here right now. Absolutely. Thank you. That's a, a great example. Really, really painful. Powerful. Very yeah. painful. Oh, absolutely. It, it usually is, right? Uh -huh. It's like, yeah. I just sabotaged something that could have been amazing. <laughs> That's right. Because I thought I knew better than the universe. Wow. Than the universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I we sure do it got all the a time. great lesson of the law of attraction. <laughs> yeah. We do it all the time. Yeah. So so let's flip this around, Marcy. What what's okay. a time in your life where you had that clear yes and this time you did follow it? Tell us that story. Oh my god, can you really bringing me into places and I again I have to comment on the vibrational frequency that you're holding that is allowing this stuff to come through and I want our audience to recognize this. Thank you. As I said, these are things I don't typically talk about. So, but I have to follow it because it just popped right up. So as I was, um, this was now after I left my marriage, et cetera, et cetera. And I created this incredible life. I was still living on Long Island. I had a thriving private practice. Um, I was so happy in my social life and everything that I was doing. Um, it was a time where I was also, um, you know, manufacturing these products. I was speaking a lot, doing so much teaching, and I continued to create more and more and more, totally in alignment with the universe. And I started to get these urgings that I needed to move out west. And to tell you the truth, Ken, it just didn't make any sense to me. I had been doing a lot of teaching and work in California. That didn't feel right. Um, Colorado, that didn't feel right. Um, New Mexico, that never felt like it was calling to me. I had no idea where I was supposed to go. And it was relentless. So my youngest son was... Um, a student at ASU in Tempe, mm -hmm. Arizona. And one time I went to visit him and I said, well, could this be it? And I started to like shake it off and say no, because I have a heat intolerance. Mm. <laughs> okay, Arizona's not a place for yeah, me. Yeah, not so much. I out on the way from my car to his dorm the first time I moved him into school. So not a place for me, but I said, Okay, what if? And so I got in my car and I took a road trip. And the road trip, of course, took me to Sedona, to Flagstaff, all the places, Tucson that I thought might be calling to me as a more of a spiritual Mecca. None of them spoke to me. And then I drove into this beautiful um, little city of Prescott. Mm -hmm. Prescott is known as. It's just... Um, it's sort of between Sedona and Phoenix. And can the moment that my foot hit the ground as I got out of my car, I knew I had to move there. I didn't know a soul. 
I had no idea why I was there. None whatsoever. But it was so strong, so compelling, I couldn't ignore it. So I looked around a bit and said, okay, I could live here. It's got a wonderful downtown. It's a very artistic um, community. And the funny thing was it has a very moderate climate. So there were forests of tall pine trees and lakes and said, oh my God, I could actually live here. So I went back to Long Island, put my house on the market, um, took an apartment that had an office attached so I could uh, still maintain my clientele. And I moved lock, stock and barrel to Prescott, Arizona. As I said, I didn't know a soul. Within a month, I was already back on Long Island closing up that apartment and closed my private practice, inviting them to work with me remotely online. And what evolved, of course, is my practice today, which is 100% online. <laughs> it's working with people like you and I are speaking. Mm -hmm. And I have clients all over the world which enables me to be all over the world. And what also happened was about a month and a half after I had moved there, um, I met the man who I eventually became engaged to. But what also happened was nine months, almost to the day of my moving there, My youngest son was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. That evening, I had dinner with him. I got to, he had just started his senior year at ASU. I got to hear all about his incredible world that he had created all of the projects that he was working on. He was an incredible humanitarian and had um, co-founded an on-campus organization that provided um, services and education to students to live authentic lives. He was on top of the world. We ate in his favorite vegetarian restaurant. And as I was getting ready to drive off to do a workshop in Scottsdale and he was getting ready to um, drop his new girlfriend off at school for a night class. We held each other, told each other how much we loved each other, how proud we were of each other and the work that we were doing in the world and said goodbye. And two hours later, he was, he was killed in a bad accident. And I remember, and I know how strange this is going to sound, but I remember feeling so grateful that I had had that time with him and that I wasn't living on the other side of the country when I got that call.
I was there. And I felt so loved and so grateful that I had followed that voice that made no sense to me. Wow. It's an amazing story. And I thank you for sharing it with us because it's such a, a powerful example of, as you said it, none of this guidance you were getting made any sense. None. You're like, but I work in person. How can I be in Arizona? But I this, and then you started going, oh, well, what's possible? And you started exploring. And it's so key when we're connecting with the universe and trying to stay in, in tune with that to just stay curious. And to trust, oh, yeah. Kent. As I like to say, God didn't send us here to make fun of us. I say it again, I'm sorry. God didn't send us here to make fun of us. No. Sometimes it feels like it, like, oh, I feel like an idiot. Why would they do this? We just don't have the big picture yet. That's right. We're like, this is the worst thing ever. And down the road, you'll be like, I used to think that was horrible. It actually led me to this. We all know these experiences. We've had them. That's right. And the truth is we never get the big picture mm -hmm. because it's always bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger than we could ever imagine. And what we need to remember is the ripple effect of what we are experiencing. So those nine months that I had with my son in Arizona, I got to meet all of his friends. I was given the opportunity to mentor them in putting this organization together and being on their board. I had the opportunity of moving him into his first house. I had the opportunity of watching him as he evolved in those last nine months. And, and, and quite frankly, I mean, that was never lost on me, that mm -hmm. gestational period of, you know, he stepped into national leadership. And he had just come from this um, leadership conference out in California, where, you know, he was working with people who, you know, are real um, change makers around the world. And I know that the influence that he had, because I learned of it after his, his passing, especially how he had changed people's lives who he had never met, mm -hmm. but through Facebook or other, you know, internet exchanges, he changed their lives. We have no limitations except for those that we place upon ourselves. If we can just remember to get out of our own way and to allow spirit to do what it is here to do, it will prove to us. We don't even need to trust anymore. We will be in sheer knowingness because it will prove to us over and over and over again that it not only has our back, it's got our front, it's got every <laughs> single part of us. Yes. Because it illuminates every step that we are to take. 
And so that to me was probably my greatest lesson of my entire life. And I will, I'm not going to say never, because I'm going to say, God, I hope I never distrust again. And I continue to just follow. And, you know, we started our conversation earlier um, before we started to record today. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've lived in it now in a number of different places, and it's because spirit has led me there. And I've just learned, I've gotten really good at following, Ken. Yeah, that's so, so incredibly powerful, Marcy. And again, I'm sitting here in awe of the parallels in our lives. Um, very similar story to how I ended up in Boulder. Um, many, many pieces of this puzzle are fascinating. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for sharing all this. This is, you've been so generous, so kind, and I know it's making such a difference for all our listeners. So thank you again. Well, from the bottom of my heart, it truly is my honor and my joy to be here. And, and I want every person listening to know that um, your journey is your journey. Be present in it. Be grateful every step along the way, regardless of how it appears to be. Um, and embrace every opportunity to expand and grow. And for those times, just like myself and Ken, I'm sure you too, you know, that we maybe miss that step or miss that mark or miss that message, my God, get up. Don't beat yourself up, not even for a second. Laugh about it, get up and get going because the beautiful gift of spirit is that in every nanosecond that you choose, you choose, that's when new life begins and the universe just rallies around you in full support in every way possible for you to sprout your wings in that moment and fly with it. Thank you. Thank you, Marcy. This has been a huge, huge gift to everyone. Thank you. Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This This could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. 
From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.